What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast. We're coming to you a little bit later in the day on Thursday because it's West Coast Cavs. And uh, we have to record later in the day because uh, no one's paying me enough money to stay up that late to talk about the Cavs. DMs are open, available for money. But anyway, we're going to talk about Cavs Clippers. We're going to talk about uh, the continued wing situation. Obviously, we saw a little change in that last night due to the Isaac Okoro injury, at least in part due to that, and some other things here on the show. It's going to be a fun pack show. We'll be back again on Friday with another episode previewing the weekend and, and a bunch more Cavs stuff to come. I want to also thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on every single platform, including YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching or you haven't already. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evan, how are you, buddy? Are you how many cups of coffee today? Um, two so far. I'm trying to limit my caffeine intake, not take a nap as well because break up my schedule a little bit because uh, I'm on the clock when I'm technically covering these Cavs games, so it eats into my overall 40-hour work week. So just get to bed at a reasonable time tonight. Wake up feeling fresh tomorrow. Um, I didn't get to bed till about 2.33 because I had some writing to do, some technical difficulties on the Cavs side of things. Um, their mics went out, so Zoom was just unable to hear any of the audio, so I dipped out. Worked on a story I have coming Saturday for about Evan Mobley. I heard some... Good things from an Eastern Conference assistant coach and a Western Conference executive for a contending team. So hopefully everyone checks it out. I'm really excited to share it. Heard some really good things. But all things considered, man, in the grand scheme of life, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I also wrote about Evan Mobley. My story's up now on Uprox. Go check that out. Um, the Cavs are very lucky to have Evan Mobley. He's very good. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit shortly. His homecoming. There's a very good story in the OC register from... Um, you're Jim Swanson uh, about Evan Mobley's homecoming uh, that you should go read. And his dad had said on the broadcast that he had like 30 people in attendance last night. And that's cool that they were able to he's cool. able to play at home and stuff like that and, and get that little homecoming moment. Um, he has another Cavs game Friday, too. Yeah, in the same building. And I wonder, like, he's probably good. I don't. I wonder what he does on the day off. I know, like, Colin Sexton obviously saw uh, Lindsey Gottlieb. She had posted on Instagram about it. And um, maybe some other Cavs people did as well. But I know they had a good relationship. And um, I wonder I wonder what the various Cavs will do in L.A. I'm sure Kevin Love has, like, the restaurant-like situation, like, for himself and maybe anyone else that he's going to hang out with on this trip, just kind of, like, locked down, which is pretty cool. But well, even Cavs win. Uh, I think Kevin probably just wore UCLA Bruin blue and gold spitefully and went to go visit Lindsey Gottlieb (laughs) at USC campus Uh, as payback for when he they took back team photo in the USC gear and he looked like someone had like kicked him in the nuts right before he looked like Evan in fifth grade for a school photo when he had to wear an itchy wool sweater and he looked very uncomfortable leading up to the photo and then he took it off and wore nothing but his undershirt for the school photo and his mom was less than thrilled because his mom paid for those photos and so if you go through the Damarell family like frame of all the pictures through the years the last one being my senior photo it's like fourth or fifth grade if you flip back far enough it really sticks out because it's just like a white undershirt with like pills from a fuzzy sweater on but 
Yeah, man, this was a good game against the Clippers. Um, this is three really good games in a row for the Cavs. Very encouraging stuff. I don't know if it'll sustain still because it's still too early in the season, but I'm having fun with it right now, and I think that's all that matters. Yeah, some of the stuff here to go down through. 92-79 win for the Cavs are now 3-2 and two on the season. Colin Sexton had, I think, what was his best game of the season, 26 points, 7 rebounds, 3 steals and assists, 12-20 shooting. Uh, did this without making a three-pointer, which was kind of interesting. Darius Garland had 16-6, and six, I thought had a very good game as well. Uh, Evan Mobley, in his homecoming, had a 12.10 rebound, 2 block night, and a steal as well. Uh, Jared Allen, 4 points, 8 rebounds, and a block. Kevin Love, 10 points, 10 rebounds on 2-9 shooting off the bench, 5-6 from the line for Kevin as well. Also uh, had uh, some, seemed to be very annoyed with Isaiah Hartendimes uh, throughout this game, and Isaiah Hartendimes doing, playing some some very physical basketball, I'd say, under the rim. Ricky Rubio, 15 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 3 assists, and... Uh, and four turnovers for Ricky Cavs. Here's the, the notable change. We'll talk about this more in the next segment because I think we'll, we'll get to it then. But no Isaac Okoro in this one due to a hamstring strain. He was listed as doubtful coming in. Uh, have not, I don't, we'll probably won't know more about his status for Friday until probably Friday. Hamstring injuries can be tricky. So if he misses another game or two, it wouldn't totally surprise me. Um, we don't exactly know this. I think the deep severity of it as well uh, in, in terms of like how it's bad it is or whatever but uh the note the rotation change we saw lamar stevens 21 minutes his first extended minutes of the season jetty osman only played four minutes after being a rotation piece for uh a big chunk of the season and obviously dylan willer denzel valentine etc only got in garbage time so would you think it would it would appear that if we're going in the wing hierarchy stevens ahead of winner right now and then perhaps we'll see if this is a one-game thing just to replace Okoro, or if this is like, hey, Lamar is now perhaps ahead of Jetty in the rotation for whatever reason. But Evan, MVP of this game for you is whom? Well, before we talk about that real quick, man, uh, yeah, I think that's a smart point. Maybe they're trying to supplant some of Isaac's minutes with Lamar. Maybe we can talk about Save this more Evan, than next we, segment. Evan, oh, we next have segment. a whole segment for this. Save it. We have a whole okay. segment built around this. My, Save my it. MVP of the night is J.B. Bakerstaff because this is now three impressive wins in a row for him where he is outcoached. I said this on our Locked On Now, and I posted it on Twitter this morning. He's outcoached Nate McMillan, who reached the Eastern Conference Finals last year. He outcoached Mike Malone, who had the MVP on last year on his roster and is a very good Nuggets team. And now he's outcoached Ty Lue, who Cavs fans know pretty well and reached the Western Conference Finals with the Clippers. Granted, there's no Kawhi Leonard, but he still has a superstar in Paul George. Like J.B. Bickerstaff, we'll talk about this more. I think he tried the same approach he did with Denver, where he matched um, Jokic's minutes with Jared Allen's minutes. I think he made a concerted effort to match Paul George's minutes because Paul George was pretty bad last night against the clip for the Clippers. He was six of 20 from the floor. Oh, of eight from three, 12 points, one assist, four fouls, 10 rebounds, four steals. Like, yeah, he was still an impact player, but he more or less kept Paul George as a non-factor in the game. He kind of let Nick Batum be the team's leading scorer alongside Reggie Jackson, like two role players for the Clippers. Like, J.B. Bickerstaff had a pretty sound defensive strategy for this one, and I know a lot of the players keep saying that the Cavs' offense will or defense will dictate the, how the rest of the game will go, especially their offense, and it was very clear because there was pretty much no offense because it's funny you mentioned Colin Sexton hit no threes. Uh, the Cavs as a whole hit three three-pointers in the entire night and still won. So, yeah, yeah no, hats off to J.B. on this one. Yeah, I, I have some questions about what of here is sustainable, but I think JB is pressing some of the right buttons and I think adapting to uh, there, there's things we'll get into later in the show that I think that he understands like the weaknesses of, of some of the 
personnel decisions he's making right now and kind of is trying to coach around them. And I think that that is a good sign considering we didn't totally um, – no, I don't think we knew that about it. My MVP, just quick, because we're going to run – it's going to run a little tight here, is it's, I think it has to be Colin Sexton. 26 points. I think it's best game of the season. We'll talk about the dunk, uh, the left-handed flush that got a LeBron tweet. But to me, like – I saw some really encouraging defense from him in this game. I mean, fourth mm-hmm. quarter, it's been a lot of a lot of it at Reggie Jackson. Colin has not historically been a guy that navigates screens particularly well. Um, he sometimes can get a little over energized on the defensive end, and he at times just like was kind of cutting off Reggie Jackson, who was having a really good game and is a pretty darn good offensive player for the Clippers. He wasn't the only guy to hound Jackson in this one, but in the fourth quarter, he had a couple possessions where that really stood out, and I and I think overall he had. Um, I think just Evan Mobley like altered like somewhere like he yeah. only had two blocks, but he altered like at least like 10, 15 shots in this one and just remains really good. Evan play. Then I, let's talk about the dunk left-handed dunk. Oh yeah. Murdered, committed a war crime on Nick Batum setting back French U S relations for, for years. As far as I'm concerned, um, unbelievable stuff from uh, unbelievable dunk from Colin Sexton. Um, Oh yeah. I, I, I haven't looked because I, I'll probably catch it after we record this, but I'm curious to see where that fell in the top 10 on sports center. Cause I, there's a couple other things I saw that could beat it, but it's gotta be like a top five, three. Oh, that, sports center. that was a shot in the arm for the Cavs, much like Larry Markin and stunk against the nuggets the other night where he posterized Nikola Jokic. Um, I want to give an honorary MVP to the guy who kept telling Colin Sexton. He sucked the entire game. So I think he was like, you know, the haters, my motivation for Colin Sexton this game. Um, yeah, man, it was just, incredible and it was like the cherry on top of a very very good offensive game for colin like he was playing he was playing pissed off like he was looking like he was playing angry like attacking the room every single game every single possession whenever he had the ball in his hands so yeah this is really encouraging stuff for colin like nothing really else to say like there is really no other i mean you can make arguments for other plays but this was the play of the night and if it's not number one or at least number two on the sports center top 10 i'd be very disappointed yeah um, I'm looking it up and, as we speak. Yeah, there's a there's a there's two soccer things that happened in MLS that like I wonder if they beat it because there's a bunch of shit. But uh, Evan, stat of the night for you is 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 what? See, that is an excellent question. Probably for me, the fact that the Cavs out rebounded the Clippers fifty seven to thirty six. They're playing to their size finally. Like Mobley had ten boards, Markin had nine, Allen had eight, and then you have Kevin Love with ten. Like those are the key big players for the Cavs in this in their rotation. Um, and they're finally playing to their size and to their strength. Something I've been kind of harping on of how the Cavs are hell-bent and determined to go with a bigger size. So to see them out-rebound a team, I mean, granted, like the Clippers play small altogether, like with Ivica Zubac being their biggest player and probably their only true like traditional big man in their rotation other than Hart and Dimes. Yeah, this was pretty encouraging for the, for the Cavs at least. Like, interested to see if this sustains against the Lakers on Friday night. Yeah, well, and we'll see if LeBron plays. I'm going to obviously hasn't played two straight games for Lakers. We'll see if that um, plays into that one. We'll cover that on Friday show. My my stat is just the three point of it all. I think if there's one thing from this game that's a little like you got to poke your head up and, and wonder about this a little bit. Uh, Cavs were three of twenty from the from three. Clippers were nine of forty one. Nine of forty one from from three. Neither team shot the three. Well, this was kind of like although it was like a very entertaining game. I don't think like a very aesthetically pleasing game. Like a ninety two seventy nine game is not gonna like 
be the the best basketball game you've ever seen in your life. But the Cavs just like were outdone on volume, and you know they had a big free throw advantage in this one as well. Twenty three made free throws versus just eight for the Clippers. Twenty seven attempts versus thirteen for the Clippers. Another way you could go, um, but the, the the Cavs were like doubled up. Evan's face right now is unbelievable if you're not watching on YouTube. But um, it didn't make the top ten at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up Michael Farb, uh, friend of the program, ESPN uh, first take producer, and, and get to the bottom of this. Weird- I said ooh because the Cleveland State's women's soccer team made it because they one of the goalies like tipped a kicked tipped a ball going towards the uh, net and they're playing Purdue Fort Wayne. So like yeah, that I was like ooh that's pretty cool. And then I'm like just flipping through real quick, and the only games that made it were from the Kings Suns game. And then the Hawks Pelicans game, and then another one from the Kings Suns game. Like, what the HE double hockey sticks, ESPN? I know Cleveland doesn't have any national TV games, so you could pay a little attention to it, like a good poster. Yeah. I didn't mean to derail you there, buddy, but that's a good stat pick, whatever you were saying. I'm outraged. And that's a num- numerical. I'll throw my sticker across the desk. Damn you, ESPN. Danny Cunningham, you work for ESPN Cleveland. It's your fault by proxy. Anyway, uh, Cavs have a three-point issue in this one. They win 92-79. We're going to take a break. Come back. Let's talk. We'll talk about the the the, the wing situation. Obviously, again, Lamar, we'll talk a little bit about Lamar Stevens uh, and maybe Bill DeFilippo and Bukuda Peppo can sponsor that segment if they're interested. But today, Evan, we got some bills to pay. And we first do. up, we have uh, actual is, sponsors not named Bill DeFilippo, Bukuda Peppo. Is, uh, is our friends at Rock Auto. That's true. This episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. She's the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership rock auto's prices are reliably low and are for every customer and they have everything you need from brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet so if you're interested go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck vehicle you name it right locked on in there how did you hear about us box they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need check them out today at rockauto.com also got to tell you about our friends at bet online look bet online is back and better than ever they have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the f- basketball and football action this season head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason action the world series is on right now nhl boxing and ufc right to your figured vegas casino games don't wait to take on all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports remember that's bet online where the game starts use that promo code locked on okay but we'll, do, we'll do this tight to kind of get back get the ship on track here uh let's talk about lamar stevens playing 21 minutes here's his full stat line two two points one of six from the field, O of two from three, six rebounds, four on the offense defensive end, two on the offensive end, had a steal, 
three fouls. It was a uh, plus 15, um, which I think a lot of his minutes paired with Rubio. And then Jetty Osmond had just four points, did not take a shot, did not register any official statistics um, from like a pure counting box score stats perspective. Again, again, Isaac Okor was out. I, I would not expect either of them to be ahead of Isaac when Okoro does return from that hamstring injury. But hey, what did you think of Lamar? And what did you did you make anything of of Lamar kind of getting some run here in a way we haven't seen yet this year? This is kind of what I was alluding to in the first segment. I think JV tried a similar approach that he did against the Nuggets, where he used maybe he was going to try this approach with Isaac before Isaac had this hamstring issue by matching Isaac on Paul George for the majority of the game. But it felt like at times JV was trying to match Paul George's minutes with Lamar Stevens and. It, yeah, box score wise, he was pretty bad. But in terms of like hustle stats and things like that, that you can't really track, Lamar played pretty well, I think. Like, I don't think you expect him to be an offensive world beater on a night to night basis, but he's going to play his tail off. He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to play with energy. He's going to try his hardest. And that's all you can really ask for at the end of the day. And I think he did a very good job defending Paul George on the possessions. I think he did a good job defending Reggie Jackson on possessions. And like even Nick Batum, who's starting to hit some pretty wild shots after. Colin Sexton ended his career for a brief moment, but like, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that Jetty hardly played, but Jetty is kind of a non-factor defensively. And if you have a superstar small forward like Paul George going up against you, it makes sense to match minutes with a defensive forward like Lamar Stevens. Yeah, I, I think what Lamar provided was um, just better defensive play. I think of JB kind of went out of his way to praise Lowry uh, and his defensive stuff, which we'll talk about in, in the last segment. Um, and I, I, he's kind of covering for him a little bit, I think is kind of a, being kind of the good PR kind of maven for, for the team there. I don't totally, I don't think everything he's kind of saying about Lowry on the defensive end is like totally holding up in terms of like, if you really kind of dive into it, but Lamar comes in, he's going to provide you like a, a big body. He's going to stick with guys. He's going to like have some physicality and he, he's a pretty smart defender. Like it, his offensive stuff is obviously a major concern. If he can't ever figure out how to shoot or like contributing offense way. It's just hard to have like one of those guys in your rotation. And it's particularly if he's not like at the level of defense that a core is and he, and he's not, but he can be a good player. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see if this persists going forward. Um, if this is something that we're like, okay, now, now he's just ahead of Jetty in the rotation and what, and what that means. I do think we've just seen the Cavs tinker um, with the rotation this year. They not, not, nothing has been game to game, like exactly the same. We're seeing different lineups. We're seeing different flow. We're seeing all kinds of different things that I think indicate that we're not done seeing what the the version of this team is going to be. Um, I and I think that makes sense. It's kind of a weird roster. He's got to find stuff that works. I think some of it is matchup dependent. I mean, I I wonder if last night, if like you, if JB like was like, look, our way of defending Paul George, who as you noted, did not have a good game, was okay. Lowry's going to defend him, but if there's a screen, and it involves a big. Jarrett or Evan, and it was a lot of times it was um, Zubac screening and Jared defending it. Jared's just going to switch that. Jared is, yeah. we're not going to like have Lowry fight through screens because he's seven feet tall and not like especially nimble in that way. He's good, you know, good running up the court. He, he obviously has some ability to attack closeouts, but he's not going to like shift through screens and navigate those in, in a way that's going to like be adequate for defending Paul George or that kind of wing player. So your solution is okay. Jared Allen's going to switch that. And I wonder if at a certain point he was just like, Jetty obviously like is going to provide you more on offense, but he's not going to be the guy in defense that's going to be able to handle some of that responsibility with Paul George. If you put Lamar out there, even if you have the concerns about the, the offense, 
you at least have a body that is at least going to be able to get through screens and stick with his guy in that way. I, I really wonder if the calculus for him kind of was that simple. If you're kind of making that adjustment again, more if you're game planning for this game in particular and saying, okay, we don't have Isaac. I feel like I absolutely need one wing on the floor for 20 minutes. Then who can at least do some of this because when you do the Jarrett switching thing and you start switching other stuff, because they were a little more aggressive with Garland switching on stuff last night, they were a little more free flowing in terms of the switching against the Clippers. than I think they were earlier in the year. I wonder if it's just like, we have to like not totally change what we're doing to some extent, at least not for the full game. Like we have to keep sort of the base principles in place there on, on the defensive. And I wonder if that's a calculus. And again, I just want to see if this persists. Um, I don't know if there's like a tangible mega difference to me between like what you're getting from Lamar and Jetty. I tend to think like Lamar is going to do some of the defensive stuff and the nitty gritty stuff better, but the, the shooting that Jetty in theory provides is just, is probably useful for the rotation. And then obviously we haven't seen Dylan Windler at all. And he seems kind of like an afterthought in this hierarchy right now. Um, so we'll kind of see where this all goes. I think this, again, I think we called this right at the beginning of the year. I think this, depending on injury, depending on the, the what the team is doing, depending on guys are playing. I do think this backup wing rotation thing is going to continue to be something that we see kind of go different directions and, and play out different ways at throughout the year. Yeah, and Denzel Valentine will remain a non-factor. Just absolutely like hype king Denzel Valentine there to scream on the bench and be a be get guys juiced up. That's what he does, and and respect to him. The Cavs play the Bulls first on December eighth this year. That's going to be Denzel Valentine's time to shine to, at home, nonetheless. So. <laughs> That is going to be Denzel Valentine's time to shine. So we, Chris and I kind of tease as we head into our next ad break in the final segment here, but uh, JB shared that they're going to reevaluate the roster and the rotations about 10 games in when they have a lot of like, you know, tangible data of some stuff that they've been tracking internally that maybe they don't share publicly as well to kind of figure out what is working, what isn't working. Maybe there's some new things that they need to try. Well, Chris and, and I are going to do the yeah. same thing, but we're going to yeah. do it 11 games in because yeah, 10 games is on a Sunday. Yeah. 10 games. Well, 10 games falls on a Friday and then they play game 11 which oh, is against the Knicks. They play the rap the, their game against the Raptors in Toronto, I believe, is game 10. Game 11 is Sunday against the Knicks. So we will do, the, like, either that. I think I put it in the schedule for that Tuesday so we can spend 30 minutes on it. It will yep. be, like, a full 11 game. I put 10-ish in the schedule uh, kind of thing there. So keep your eye out for that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I, I mean, and just so pe- I think just in case people don't know, I think just as a note, like, so a lot of the data that teams use is data that, like, the public does not have access to. There is some data that the teams look at that we have access to offensive rating. Like I know there are teams that use cleaning the glass um, or at least look at it. I know there are, there are, there are things that are available to the public that they also do look at. There is also tracking data that is um, second spectrum data for the most part that the public does not have access to. Sometimes media members get leaked to that stuff or have been, or like T- I think some people at ESPN may have access to it because it's a TV partner and, and obviously a very high profile one, but, um, there is some data that they look at that we cannot see. And that's, I, I would be curious. I kind of want to, when like JB does get to 10 games and if he makes changes or stick, or even if he sticks with stuff, I think it'd be fun to kind of probe through some of that and just kind of see what kind of responses we can get. If we poke around that a little bit, just be kind of fun. But Evan, uh, we got to take a break. And uh, first, I think you're going to tell everyone about our friends at Postmates. Mm, do you smell that, Chris? It's McDonald's, my favorite 
the the Big Macs, the chicken nuggets, yum. And the best part, it showed up to my door fresh because I ordered it with Postmates. With Postmates, I get all my favorite foods from the my local restaurants or my favorite chains at McDonald's in my neighborhood delivered, no leaving the house, and even better, no getting in the car or finding a parking spot because that requires social contact, and I don't allow that or condone that in this house. And Postmates isn't all about burritos and sushi. I can order things like toothpaste and phone chargers on demand, too. That's because places like Walgreens and 7-Eleven are also on Postmates. My favorite part, when the app lets me know that my food or items have been delivered, everything is right outside my door. So cool. That never gets old. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorite foods or that one thing you forgot to get from the store and get it delivered on demand. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving just our listeners a little something extra. New customers will get 50% off their first five orders of $50 or more when they use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA to get 50% off your first five orders of $50 or more. Max savings of $100 per order. Just download the Postmates apps or sign up online. It's super easy. Offer is subject to change and taxes and fees apply. Offer valid for 30 days after you add the promo code to your account. Also got to say about our friends at Sweatblock. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about Sweatblock. The wipes that stop sweat for seven days. Evan uses them. Um, and it and it seems people have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who try to Sweatblock and love it. For instance, there's a Hollywood producer straight out of Hollywood who uses them on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of Marvel, pretty big company. And she was working 18-hour days for weeks in the Atlanta heat, so she heard about Sweatblock, started trying it, and loves it. There's no more sweaty production days. She even reports that she is one of the A-list actors using Maybe it's the, the green one. And to stay dry on set or on the red carpet. So there you go. We have lockdown listeners loving Sweatblock. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. Doctor created, doctor recommended. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And it's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere, and I mean anywhere, uh-huh, that sweats. So if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, all one word, or at Amazon and CBS. All right, Evan, Cavs defense. Um, I'll pull up the numbers as we're going to talk about this, but when you think about what the Cavs defense has been, particularly in the context of this Clippers performance, what what attributes, what things do you kind of feel about it right now? I mean, it's hard to put a pin on it because I think the Cavs defensively are able to hang with good offensive teams, whether it's the Hawks or it's the Nuggets. But like this Clippers team is pretty freaking bad. If Kawhi Leonard isn't present on this roster, I think the Clippers are still a move away from like really clicking, maybe having Serge Ibaka bad. I, I don't know. Serge Ibaka is recovering from back surgery. So I don't know how meaningful it is, but this was a real grind out game. Like if you are, a casual basketball fan and you tuned into Cavs Clippers, you would have had a really bad time. You would have probably tuned back to watch like the Lakers go up 41 to 19 against the thunder and then blow a lead like that. Like that's, that was spectacular to watch. I was flipping to, to over to that game every now and then just to check up on it every now and then. But defensively, I think the Cavs showed a lot of grit and a lot of determination. And I just think the Clippers are also an equally good, they're, they're better defensively. Like, let me be frank. Like, you have Eric Bledsoe. You have Paul George. You have Ivica Zubac. You will have Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard next year. Like, this is a very good defensive team coached by Tyron Lue, who is a very good defensive coach and does not have um, 
uh, what's his nuts that somehow got a job then lost defensive coordinator capabilities when the Cavs hit the playoffs every year under tie. Oh, um, he worked for the Mike Lombardi. Yeah, he, worked, thought he, worked for the he doesn't work for the Wizards anymore because I think they after they cleaned house when um, they let uh, Scotty go. They, he was uh, he was every Cavs fan's like least favorite person in the world for like three years. He was the educated Cavs fans. Kevin uh, he, like a casual Cavs he, fan blames Kevin Love. An educated Cavs fan blames Lombardi. He, he's now on uh, Luke Walton's staff with the Sacramento Kings. Oh God, say a prayer for De'Aaron Fox. Um, so I think the Cavs showed a lot of grit because they, like I, like you and I talked about for two seconds now. Paul George wasn't good, but he had every ability to be impactful because Larry Markkinen was his. I was I raised an eyebrow when I saw that last ever JV basically matched position for position on the floor, technically speaking, where he had Colin on Bledsoe, he had Darius on Jackson, he had Markkinen on George, he had Mobley on Batum, and then he had Allen on Zubac. I was just like, okay, we're gonna get freaky with it, but. Like you said, the Cavs forced the switch as well. So like Allen and Mobley be switching out on the perimeter defending PG-13. They spent times defending Dick Batum as well. I think this Cavs team is technically sound and fundamentally sound defensively. Um, in our Fear the Sword Slack, somebody's like, oh, well, the Cavs good. I think it was Mike. Mike, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, so it's just going to be Mike. And he's just... Um, he reminds me... His last name reminds me of Agumon from Digimon, so I always want to call him Mike Agumon, but... This Cavs seems pretty sound defensively. I need to see it sustained because also it's early in the season. The Cavs could just be because they're younger and better in better shape that they're playing these teams that are playing themselves into shape. Who knows? I think the Lakers and the Suns reeling right now might give a lot of fans this false sense of security. So when the bottom does come out, the shock's going to be a lot more surprising to say the least. So for now, it's solid enough defensively. I still have questions about Larry Markkinen, but I think the Cavs made the right adjustments and the right calls on just in terms of schematics and coaching to contain Paul George because Paul George and even Reggie Jackson could have eviscerated Cleveland if they kind of did what John Morant and Desmond Bain and Trey Young and others were doing to Larry Markkinen at times and even Colin Sexton at times too. And I yeah. think also shouts to that fan selling Colin Sexton he sucks because that is the best defensive effort I've ever seen Colin play with. It was actually just you and a mustache. I was gonna say it was Jordan Zerm because Jordan Zerm was at the game last Jordan, night. Jordan, yeah, we were, we were, him and I were texting about Evan Mobley, and then he wore a '90s fit Darius Garland during the game. So to Zerm, we'll get him on the pod again soon. It's my guy. But um, I, look, I, I'm of two minds about this because I think the effort is getting you somewhere. I think the effort, I think the the commitment to actually like trying on defense is getting the calf somewhere. I think that is sometimes like half the battle on defense. I also like, look, they were like 20th in defense or so coming into last night's game because the Clippers uh, had an offensive rating of 83.3. So the Cavs defensive rating was 83.3. Like the Cavs jumped up to top 10 in defense according to the clean of the glass, which is just like, like that tells you how early in the season it is that things are vacillating that much. They went from like three points worse than league average to like a full two points better than league average uh, in, de in defensive rating. So to me, I still think we're learning stuff. I am still very skeptical like of the marketing thing because it's not as it like because here's the thing three point defense in terms of how it went last night and with Paul George, let's say let's say going O of eight and Reggie Jackson uh being being three of eight and and et cetera. Those are not things that you can like really like there's stuff you can do to make sure guys aren't getting like totally clean looks. But the data from the last couple of years shows that 
and we talk to teams about it, they, they sort of understand that like three point defense is not like especially controllable. It is not something that you can like do and like guarantee that you're going to get the same results year after year based on personnel and scheme. Like it's just going to like be a little fluky to some degree. Um, based on teams getting hot against you and whatnot. Like the Knicks last year, one of the reasons they were good is because teams didn't shoot threes well against them. And if they're if you're gonna pick a read for them to regress, that's part you would bet on that just not being the exact same for for the same year. So I wanna see this. And I some of the tracking data, I just, you know, I the player tracking data teams will tell you that they wouldn't totally trust that as like a totally like great stat as far as like one on one tracking data goes. So I'm not even like buying into that a ton and i just i think there are still things that i just want to see how this kind of goes for 10 games i want to see how this goes like further i i think teams like the other the Cavs are doing some adjusting obviously like we mentioned the switching thing teams are going to adjust to to market and I, i'm curious to see if there's a team that tries to post him up because i don't know how he's going to do as a post defender um try to make him run like get their guy coming off of a couple of screens just to get him the ball and kind of throw things into flux because i think there's little things you could do to kind of attack that pressure point without kind of just saying, okay, we're going to run a pick and roll with our, with our small forward against market in like three times in a row. Like there's other things you can do to kind of attack that pressure point. The other side of this is that like Evan Mobley is already like an incredible defender and him and Allen together is like better than I think anyone could have expected. And if you're betting on the Cavs defense, maybe not being a top 10 defense, because I don't necessarily believe that just based on the marketing thing, based on the guard play, all that stuff. I, I if you're betting on them being like around ish kind of hanging in that league average range to like you know somewhere in like the 14 to to 18 19 range Mobley and Allen are kind of why I would I would buy that like it's those yeah. two and Evan Mobley like every single game like I I I, I we're both getting hyped with him we both have written about him I'm like very just sure I just I wrote with my whole concept with my piece was that like he's a star and now you need to like figure out how to properly build around him not just now but for, for the future um, but like, he's already doing stuff that you're just like, holy, holy, holy S H I T. Like this, this, this dude is, uh, absolutely terrifying on defense and he knows what he's doing and he's just really, really young still like and him and Allen together is just like a ton of fun. There's a lot I think to be optimistic about. And then there's stuff that I'm just a little, just like, okay, I, I don't know if I buy some of this, the marketing stuff for me is just like, I, I don't buy that, that I don't buy that as like a thing that can get you to like really good defense i just i just don't know if i can get there no i agree with that and is there anything that could get you there i guess is my question because i'm trying to like challenge myself and i just like don't know if there's something that could i just think the youth and inexperience and like you said the small guard play and just the funkiness of larry marking at three is kind of going to keep them back for now like I think the foundation is there with Mobley and Allen as like your core defensive unit, because I think we need to talk more about the fact that Jared Allen is so comfortable switching on the perimeter as well. And like defending at times too, like that was an exciting revelation I've seen so far late in the season. Like Ryan Morton's really banging that drum too. Like that's really neat, but I think I need to see more tangible data of it. I think the Cavs will eventually regress back to the mean because I'm not saying it's going to be as big a drop off as like the early Bayline era, but like the vibes are really good early into the Bayline era. And then they hit an absolute buzzsaw on their schedule and things just kind of bottomed out from there. Um, like knock on wood, the Cavs are maintaining relatively good health at this point. I know Isaac Okoro's injury is the latest one, but like there's not a ton of key players that are out with injury right now. So I think maybe we pin this conversation. We made like not 10 games into like 20, 25, even 30 games and say like, okay, 
where are the Cavs at defensively? What's going on with them? What is working? What isn't working? Maybe then Isaac Okoro somehow finds a way to tighten up his shot and make things a little bit easier for him and this offense, and maybe he earns that starting spot back. Or Because at this point, I don't think you can make a justifiable case to bench Colin Sexton for him. So at this point, you need to find a way to justify benching Larry Markkinen. And if Isaac Okoro is a somewhat reliable three-point shooter, it becomes an easier case, I think. But I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of bias defenders on this roster, but I think this team playing with hustle and energy on a night-to-night basis helps. Um, just hope they keep it up. We'll see what happens. I just I have a fear that the Cavs are going to have like one or two ugly losses in a row that just kind of shatters this confidence this team is building because they're young and impressionable, and they say they hate losing, but they've done a hell of a lot of it lately. So. How, they haven't faced true, true adversity yet, which is when they hit like a really bad losing skid. Like, how do they bounce back from that? Like, and that's where Ed Davis and Ricky Rubio obviously coming and play in the locker room too, and, and Kevin Love as well. I'm gonna lump Kevin yeah. Love into this group because Kevin's been a good vibes guy so far. Yeah. So, I need to see more tangible data before I really make a decision. But I like you, what you laid out is holding me back. And my question for you is: as we close, we're creeping closer to 40 minutes here. Yeah. Would you, know, you feel comfortable in saying? that Evan Mobley is the best player on the team. I'm I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close, man. I'm full stop. I'm ready to say he's the best player on this team. Um, he, he I had some reservations about him and I still do about the shooting, but Oh my goodness, the defensive stuff. And just like, like like I keep harping with the playmaking. Mm -hmm. There's just something there that makes me like just, lock in on him on every time the Cavs are on offense yeah, and defense. I'm just like, he, what's he going to do? What's exciting yeah. thing is he going to do that makes me go, ooh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, Tom Ziller, proprietor of the Good Morning It's Basketball newsletter on Substack, uh, last week already said that he thinks Mobley is the best player in the team when he was rounding up the weekend stuff. So, like, it's not just, I think, us. Um, it's... I mean, he's got I like think we're two. a vocal minority, hence because you know vocal because it's a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a there's a JB quote that I kind of alluded to. We didn't get to that. I think I want we'll touch on on Friday's show about market and shot and stuff. And mm. I, I'm skeptical of that as well. But I, you know, what? we're gonna pin that for later because I don't really want to like talk. I I'm getting let's like, pin it because I yeah. want to see if LeBron's available for the Lakers. Well, I also just I'm like really judge a lot of my preview for the Lakers on whether or not LeBron's available. Yeah, well, I also just like, there's parts of the market and stuff that I just, at a certain point, I just don't want to keep saying the same thing every day. And I feel like I perpetually just like kind of there with that. And it's, I mean, it's a product of us covering the team on a daily show. It is the product of just that being like kind of the glaring thing. Um, if he hit shots, it would just be like something that we maybe we would feel differently about, I guess is my, is my thing. Like if he was like making three pointers, like that's the thing where I'm a little like, okay, um, I could see it, you know. But he doesn't look broken shooting threes. He just no, it's not. It it's just he's not making them. And but then like JB saying, the the quote is basically that JB saying that like the defensive stuff we're asking him to do stuff he's never done before, et cetera. That's contributing. I'm sure that is something there, but I it doesn't explain the fact that he's just yeah. like, uh shooting very very poorly from three um and also i want to just one note on the clippers game before we wrap up i think uh if there's a template on the offensive end that you can pull from this one colin sexton when he is moving and he's generating energy before he gets the ball or right when he gets the ball and he's not loading up it's incredible it makes the whole offense work better when everyone is doing that and like the 
the thing that drove me most nuts in that game was the, I want to say it was like another third quarter. It was late. I don't remember, but like they ran basically Colin brought up the ball and like killed 10 seconds by dribbling. And then he just attacked and they didn't get any, a good shot out of it. There are like eight to like 12 guys in the world who you can just like throw the ball to and like, let them do that. And like, you can probably get a good shot of it. It's like KD, it's Kyrie, it's Donovan Mitchell, it's LeBron. Like it's those kind of guys. Um, Colin just like, that's really hard and it's not a knock on him. Cause I don't think the cast of anyone that really has that kind of juice. And uh, mm. yeah, man, do more stuff to get Colin Sexton moving. And like, like when he, I had so much fun in this game, watching him just bolt around the floor, like a madman. I thought it was incredible yep. that they were just like, Colin run, literally just run and try to make stuff happen. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's super cool, but I think that's a good place for us to stop. We'll be back Friday with Cavs Lakers preview. Um, talking more about Laurie Market as a starting three. Just kind of whatever the rest of the day holds us. It's uh, 2.30 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, I'm tired. Chris is tired. We both got to get back to work. So, Actually, not too th- I'm actually more energetic than I would have thought, considering I'm, I'm washed. Uh, you're, you're, you're juiced like Colin Sexton, man. So go out and run a few laps. I, I, go sprint I, up and down I, the floor. I, I ate some dunk. Skittles and then played basketball, which is a thing he used to do, which is absolutely insane to me. Hey, man, it's a good approach. And then but, he said on the Jumbotron that Skittles are his favorite candy on Saturday. I was just like, Colin, you still doing this? Is this still a thing you're doing? Hey, man, I respect anyway. it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he's Chris Manning. We'll talk about our favorite Halloween candy for Friday's episode, too. Uh, everyone, I hope you're having a good Thursday. Talk to you soon. Uh, if you get tired, pull over. If you get cold, put on a pullover. If you get in an accident you just call it a t-boner i don't know we'll talk to you later i don't know if you stuck that landing but i thought it was fun everyone be well